Hey, how's it going? This is another episode of the Caveman Corner. The date today is October 21st, and we got a fucking doozy of a game tonight. If you guys love some Case Keenum action, you're going to love tonight. Uh, a little bit of that Denver Broncos being trash against them. Um, anyways, we'll uh, talk about our games last week. So, Mitchell, you got, you got some bragging to do right now? Well, first off, the kids call what's going on tonight. Uh, I believe it's called a banger alert. So, uh, banger alert tonight, everyone. Uh, we got a nice game coming. Speaking uh, of what the kids say, I guess that's what I call a cringe alert for you saying banger alert. Just, you know, trying to get in touch with our... Uh, how do you do, fellow kids, our young fans over here? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I guess I could brag against you. Uh, I mean, I got the, the coin is essentially the Terminator running us down right now, so I don't know if I want to do too much bragging. Yeah, this is the ultimate comeback story for the coin. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've, we've been on here talking shit about the coin week in, week out. But the coin uh, goes and goes nine and five, and I think they're only are they, are they tied with you now? Is that what's going on? The here? coin <laughs> is tied with me, so I my season record is forty seven, forty six, and one. The coin is the same record forty seven, forty six, and forty one. And Mitchell four games up with a fifty one, forty two, and one record. So th- there's your bragging rights. I mean, uh, you're pretty awful with the sell my soul bets. And pretty much anything when it comes to putting your uh, your money where your mouth is. But you know what? I gotta give you credit. Your picks are doing well. You know what? I'm uh, I'm one and one on the sell my soul bets. So I guess that makes me the soulless guy for this week. But uh, you my, are in, indeed a ginger. My uh, yeah, uh, my actual picks seem to be doing all right so far. I mean, I went six and eight last week, which isn't perfect. But you know, it's it's not really destroying your record too much. So I think I think this week when we looked at them, we had a. A couple differing choices. So this could be either a week where I extend that lead or you come back a little bit. Or the coin could just surpass both of us. Well, you never know. We don't even know what the coin's choices are going to be till we flip that thing. I mean, I wish I had the camera actually recording for before this podcast when you're panicking and not, about not knowing any of the player props. So uh, it's it's going to be... An, I'm, I'm curious to see what your sell my soul bet of the week is. Because well, it I was guess, a pure panic pick. I guess you're going to learn when we get there. In terms of this past week of football, before we move to well, Caveman of the Why don't week, you talk about your sell my soul bet of the week last week? Wasn't it Kadarius Tony and you just an absolute heartbreaking defeat? You were close. Uh, I was definitely big on Kadarius Tony. I think he had four snaps and three catches. So he would have been uh, a really good bet if I had actually made it and he stayed healthy. But no, I bet uh, I bet on the Thursday night action. I went with oh. uh, Kenneth Gainwell, uh, who kind of promptly died. Uh, I, th- I think he hasn't been seen. He, he, he fell down on the field and has never been seen since. <laughs> uh, well, think- to, to recap mine too, my sell my soul bet, I did the over on Ronald Jones rushing yards. Which is that like 12 yards? And the over on Jalen Hurts, which is like 42 and both paid off and uh i actually posted this in my story on my instagram page but i had two different player props if tom brady threw for five passing yards more or he ran for uh he didn't have those two kneels at the end i would have turned a five dollar part two five dollar parlays into like six thousand dollars which is absolutely heartbreaking but i made up for it on the weekend with my biggest dfs win ever to date. Uh, guys, we're not actually here to, to date. Talk, not, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. We're not here to talk football, guys. We're just here to humble brag. I mean, well, like, it's it's slightly a betting show. We're, we're uh... No, no. It was a, it was a big big uh, big DFS week for Rally. We're, we're happy for the kid. Uh, he, he went and won a lot of money. Yep. Now he's got to, you know, bring that DFS magic to the picks because he's uh, he's struggling a little bit there. But, well, I'm 3-0 uh, on Sell My Soul Bets of the Week, and I got a fucking doozy this week. Wait, so well, get ready. All that matters is it's, it's a long season, right? That's what the, that's what the coaches say. Uh, you got to tell them, give them the old Aaron Rodgers relaxed speech. Uh, you, you know what? It's not over yet. Um, so yeah, we talked about the Thursday night. Hold on, before, before we move into these games, I, I talked a little bit about the end of, at the end of the last podcast. Uh, going to the LSU game, did see my first college football game live at LSU. Probably about seventy thousand fans live. Insane atmosphere. Uh, the team actually goes and upset Florida, forty nine forty two, uh, and they actually ended up firing coach. Well, he's not fired. He's the now the interim let, coach. Let go, kind of yeah. like Gruden, <laughs> resigning because of some off field allegations, uh, hitting on admins' wives. Uh, bringing girlfriends <laughs> to practices, so on and so forth. Is that I didn't even hear that. That's that's the rumor hysterical. at least. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what a what a crazy game to see live, forty nine forty two, just like absolute insanity, uh, and kind of crazy to see that they're they're moving on from him after that game. But I think they just decided that they needed they want to one. But yeah, for, not not let's just say there. But you haven't been to a game until you've been to a college football game. So just for comparison's sake, how is that? Because we've been to a couple Buffalo games. How is it in comparison? Uh a lot more. 
a lot more people. In terms of tailgating, I'd say the Bills fans are getting a bit more rowdy, while uh, LSU fans, they're they having a good time for sure, maybe a bit more organized. You'd see things like uh, f- frying live gators. I don't think you see that in Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty hype. It's, uh, it's a bit different. Uh, I don't know. If it's hard to top, you know, throwing somebody through table at the Buffalo game, but... Uh, to put it in context for our, our American listeners, we're we're a couple Canadian boys, so we we don't really know the uh, the college football atmosphere as much as you guys. But yeah, that's that's something I definitely have to scratch off the uh, the bucket list. That sounds amazing. A couple fried gators too. Nothing. Did nothing. you try a fried gator? I did have a little piece. Uh, How was it? It was good. It tasted a little salt watery ish. I don't know why that was, but honestly, the meat went down fine. It tasted pretty good. I enjoyed it. it had a lot of flavor. Sounds like they gave you a gator dick. That's what you <laughs> ate. <laughs> Not cool, man. Uh, all right, well, uh, it was it was the gator that uh, took Chubbs' eye and Happy uh, Gilmore. Uh, uh, good, good man, good man. Um, so yeah, do you want to? Speaking of you, do you want to talk a little bit about the Falcons' absolute ugly win? The Falcons didn't even play last week. All right, was... <laughs> <laughs> that's what I meant. All right, I'm, I was I was thinking about their uh, their. Game against the Jets last week, but we already covered that. Oh you know? man, we'll, we'll go back in time if you want. But no, let's let's move on to the Caveman of the Week before we get into next week's predictions. Uh, uh, sorry, predictions. Uh, I'm gonna start it with uh, the one, the only Aaron Rodgers. Uh, why would I pick Aaron Rodgers? Good question. Uh, typically, I kind of go for the more rugged Caveman, uh, but Aaron Rodgers kind of had you know struggling. Chicago's got a tough defense. Uh, but he goes and he does his thing. He runs for the touchdown in the end zone to kind of seal the victory in the mid-fourth quarter last game. Catches a woman flipping him the double bird. Gives her the, I still own you. I fucking own you. Uh, Pretty legendary. Makes Aaron Rodgers 21-5 and all-time against the Chicago Bears. He definitely owns that team. If you're a Bears fan, you want this guy out of Green Bay as soon as possible. I love a, I love a good troll. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, 2020 MVP. He still got it after that week one when people were, you know, uh, saying he was done. Uh, I this is still their this is still their only chance that you know that last that last run uh, the last chance like the Chicago Bulls in the 90s. They're not obviously not that kind of powerhouse team, but Devontae Adams could be gone after this year from what he's saying. Aaron Rodgers could be gone. Uh, they're five and one right now. This team's looking good. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Respect the move, kind of hilarious. And he did the championship belt too, the discount double check. Yeah, I mean, cavemen do like to talk shit. Uh, probably uh, pretty incoherent with the words too. It's pretty funny that he repeated the, the same line three different times. But I think you know, he said I, he blacked I, out. I, <laughs> added a fuck to, to it though, which is great. But yeah, you gotta love the uh, the talking shit. Uh, for my caveman of the week, again, cavemen come in all shapes and sizes. For this one, I am a defensive player, so I notoriously talk shit about offensive players, especially when it comes to receivers. This guy right here, a receiver, they're super soft. You know, they fucking give up on plays. But this one right here, Jamar Chase, his block to free up Joe Mixon for the touchdown was legendary. For a receiver to actually bust his ass for a play that has nothing to do with him and make that lead block, pancake a defensive back. That's a caveman move. And Jamar Chase, you are my caveman of the week. And we need more shit like that because I think this guy is a future, well, if not already, a superstar in the NFL. Uh, Yeah, I mean, respect. Not a, lot, not a lot of receivers like the block. It's like DBs, like the, the Deion Sanders of the world not liking to tackle. Uh, it happens. But, uh, I mean, not even counting the blocking. You look at Jamar Chase... Uh, he's up there right now with Randy, uh, up there with Randy Moss in terms of how they've done through six games in a season. He's at about 560 yards. He's at five touchdowns. That's a historic pace. I mean, well, gonna be tough to keep that up over a 17 game season. But if he does, we will be talking about him in terms of potentially the best rookie season of all time from a receiver. It's crazy, and like uh, I kind of actually just counted down this list, and it's, it just seems like quarterback and receiver stats gets more and more inflated for these young guys. That's why. Just like you look at the, while it is very impressive, the Justin Herbert season, it's kind of a product of the day and age he lives in. Again, not to discount him. Somebody tell that to this year's quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, fair, fair point. It's been pretty uh, pretty shite. They're back to uh, what quarterbacks used to look like 15 years ago. Then you have, entered the NFL. Yeah, but then you have Mac Jones throwing for a 70 plus completion percentage. Yeah, which but is he's pretty just irrelevant. Being, he's being conservative, right? Bill Belichick. It's not, it's not a Herbert type season. Last not, year. not just him being conservative. It's fucking Bill Belichick. Man, like, I love Bill Belichick. I, I trust Bill with my life. 
but this guy needs to fucking go for it in fourth down. I feel like we're getting a bit side. I feel like we're getting a bit side. I'm gonna do a little bit of rant because that that fucking Cowboys loss is another gut wrenching loss for uh, for the Patriots. It fucking pains me as a Patriots fan. Just fucking go for it in fourth downs. What do we have to lose, man? We're just fourth and two on the fifty yard line in the fourth quarter, and, and, go and for that's it. that's like the second week in a row. It's like, man, fucking grow a dick. I, I like. Then you look at Brandon Staley going for it in his own 19. It's like, man, I like I don't want that crazy of a fucking coach. It's two opposite ends of the spectrum. Those are, those are guys from the different generations the right there. But, yeah, just uh, go for it. Anyways, uh, that, there's my little rant about the Patriots. But uh, you want to go for your chooch of the week now? Uh, yeah, sure. For my chooch of the week, I'm going with Chris Broussard. Who is Chris Broussard, you ask? Well, <laughs> I saw that. It's uh, kind of like me talking about the Falcons <laughs> win last week. I, I love to. Uh, yeah, I mean, exactly. You and Chris Broussard have a lot the in thing common. Is I'm not fucking employed by ESPN. <laughs> not yet. Not yet, that is. Uh, uh, if you don't know Chris Broussard, uh, I guess a somewhat not really a reputable NBA reporter with ESPN, but I'd say he's he's more reputable. He is a reputable NBA. Well, one, yeah, but not really NFL. But even in the NBA circle, he's kind of laughed at. Uh, but but all, like 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 ESPN does, they kind of just throw these guys into everything. So Chris as long Bru- as they're politically correct, they'll they'll have a job in ESPN. <laughs> okay. Anyways, uh, Chris Broussard was uh, he's trying to talk about why Buffalo did not convert their fourth in inches, and he goes in on <laughs> on star left tackle Taylor Luan for the Buffalo Bills, who got injured earlier in the game, and he says uh, he says, uh, "Hey, you know Taylor Luan got injured earlier in the game. He's the guy at left tackle. He's the guy who holds everything down there. Of course, Taylor Luan's the starting tackle for the Tennessee Titans." Uh, and he's like, this Deion Dawkins guy, number 73 or number 74, I can't, I can't remember which number it was. He's like, this guy's a bum. Why is, what's he doing in there? Look at him get punked. Who's the of, starter? Of course, Deion Dawkins is one of the best young left tackles in the NFL and just got a huge contract extension. Had nothing had nothing to do with the starting left tackle, you know, not being in that play. So for the chooch of the week, I'll go with Chris Broussard. Do your homework, buddy. Maybe stick to uh, stick to basketball. Uh, the <laughs> old stick to basketball. The old stick to basketball. Uh that, that was a tough break right there for Chris Broussard. I'll tell you who wouldn't make that mistake. Christina Pink. But anyways, um, actually, I, w- I want you to look up because I'm, I'm curious. Did he uh, backtrack at all? Did he go on Twitter and kind of... Yeah, apply? yeah. So, I mean, if we want to talk about that, he had actually a statement later in the show where he kind of joked about it. He's like, yeah, I know, I know, I messed up. Uh, so he, he did talk about it, how he screwed up. I guess you can't be perfect, but... It's that just, doesn't exempt you from the chooch of the week. It still happens. Well, I think I think when it comes to ESPN, they, they just let these guys cover all sports, and it's just impossible to be a master of all sports. You... At that point, you're just speaking in generalities, which is kind of just it kind of sounds like us. I mean, well, I, I think I think we we go a little bit more down to the nitty gritty of it, and we fucking we can swear, you know, make whatever comments we want. But yeah, I just think they they cover too much. Anyways, uh, let's move on with my chooch of the week, and I feel like I'm copping out with this one because I gave it to uh, Jackson Mahomes last week, but I'm giving it to the whole Mahomes family again. Besides Patrick Mahomes, like you let's see- give it to Patrick Mahomes too for that throw that went ten yards in the air. <laughs> Uh, that was pretty bad. <laughs> well, that's why I have... We'll throw him in. Mahomes family, uh, Patrick Mahomes account. But more... more And the dad. <laughs> I actually... I don't have a, a problem with the dad. I actually don't even know if he's in their life. Like, I, I just saw the mom on... The dad's a for, former Major League Baseball player. I'm pretty sure he's in their life. Yeah, but it could, could be a little bit of that Kerr action where they, they got that late divorce. But, uh, yeah, you saw you see the mom on Twitter when the Tyreek Hill dropped the ball, and he, she's pretty much just saying that should not count as interception for Patrick. Pretty much saying, Tyreek Hill, you suck. Shout, shout, out, shout out to mom. Way to respect I think it's way like to, Shiri Mahomes. Shiri Mahomes. Way to st- defend your kid on Twitter. I just, stick I, I, to making six foot seven babies. What are you, what are you talking about? Football? I'm actually going to I'm gonna defend her here. Good move. Always defend your son on Twitter. Way to go, Miss Mahomes. <laughs> and then we got the real gripe I have with Jackson Mahomes, who does a dance on the Sean Taylor Memorial that's clearly fenced off. And then he, he tries to backtrack but says, I accidentally did it. No, you fucking did it on purpose, Jackson Mahomes. You're an absolute chooch. Go fuck yourself. I just, I, I can't believe these 15-year-old TikTokers are, are are piping this guy up. And this guy is pretty much famous through his brother. This guy sounds this sounds like a Grind My Gears segment from Family Guy. You're the, you're the Peter Griffin. Uh, from what I saw with the Jackson Mahomes thing, apparently that's the place they were told to stand during the game. Bullshit. Uh, in the fenced off 5x5 five five area hey, I'm that si- has 21 fucking on it? Bullshit. I'm simply repeating what I've been told 
Mrs. Mahomes, shout out to you. Keep your defending your son on Wait, did, did she defend Jackson Mahomes too? I may probably. I have no idea. I know. If she, if she, if she filmed it, bury her too, man. I just, just something about those people. Like, Patrick Mahomes seems like a humble guy. And these guys are just fucking riding off his coattail. The, mo- the mom, I'm sure. I can't do a Kermit the Frog voice right now. Otherwise, I'd have a sick Patrick Mahomes down. But yeah, that's that's my um, my truth of the week. I think now is about time. We uh, that was a pretty uh, pretty lively rant. Uh, I, th- I think we move on to the games. You got anything else you want to talk about last week? Uh, not much. Was big into the LSU action. Didn't get to watch as much football as I usually do during the day. Uh, missed a l- well, I wouldn't say I missed a lot of the action because I did end up catching up on a lot of it. But yeah, that Patrick Mahomes ten yard pass in the air, hilarious. <laughs> uh, I thought the maybe the shocking thing of the week for me was seeing Cleveland yeah. getting blown out by oh, Arizona. Bills, Bills too, man. I think I think I got to remove the, the the fake team label from the Cardinals. I think they're for real. Uh, they, you this, label them fake team? Uh, I, was, uh, I mean, I, I, I throw around the fake team quite easily uh, in terms of teams. Uh, I didn't really think the Cardinals were one of those teams that deserved so would to be you, undefeated. So would you change that fake team label to the Browns? Because Baker Mayfield, albeit injured, still looks really bad. Uh, yeah, Baker hasn't looked good. The shoulder's messed up. But it's uh, non-throwing shoulder. Come on. I, 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 you know what? Now that we're t- Since we're talking about the Browns, let's get right into the action of yeah, this Yeah, on, on Thursday night, we have the Denver Broncos at the Cleveland Browns with the Browns being favorited minus two and the overrunner set at 41. So we all know, like I mentioned before, Case Keenum led, uh, led Browns this week. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go right to it. I'm going with the Denver Broncos in this one. I just think while I was super high in the Broncos before and I've changed my tune, I don't think they're as good. Their defense is still really good. And Case Keenum, I think, is going to get just jumped by this defense, their pass rush. Uh, I think Case Keenum is one of the better backup quarterbacks in the NFL, but I think if the the Cleveland Browns were smart, they're going to deploy a heavy rushing attack. They don't have Nick Chubb, so it's going to be Dearness Johnson, and I think it's Dimitri Felton, or what's his name? Something like that. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's Felton. He's like the receiver uh, slash running back. So I'm, I'm sure they're going to go with a heavy rushing attack, hopefully rely on their defense to pretty much carry them, but I just think... Cleveland still being favored at minus two is a little shocking to me. I have to go with Denver, and I, I might actually go money line in this. What do you think? I'm going to read out some stats to you. 5,600 yards, 48 touchdowns, five interceptions. Is that a good college football season? No. Most career passing yards, most <laughs> passing touchdowns so you're talking about Case in college football history with the Houston Cougars. Let me pull- sound like impressive stats to you? Let me pull out some Tim Tebow stats for you. I'm, I'm, Most I'm, jump passes in NCAA history. I, I, I think I think you already know where I'm going with this. Uh, and if you know where I'm going with this, you should know. What do I love more than anything when I pick make my picks? Narrative. So what, what do you got here? Case Keenum. Case to- Keenum signed a two-year, thirty-six million dollar contract with the Denver Broncos back in March of 2018. Wow. <laughs> I didn't Started know the season is traded next offseason before his contract finishes to the Washington Football Team. This is what I like to call a revenge game. Case Keenum is coming out with a vengeance. I think healthy Case Keenum is not that much worse than unhealthy Baker Mayfield. And that's an insane thing to say, but I think you nailed it. I think Case Keenum is one of the better backups in the NFL. Of course, the Denver, sorry, the Cleveland Browns are like they're essentially the replacements right now, right? Odell might not play, Jarvis might not play, Nick Chubb isn't going to play, Kareem Hunt isn't going to play. There's a lot of backups in this game. That defense, for the most part, is still pretty healthy. The rookie, Jock, who, who might have won Defensive Rookie of the Year, won't play. A lot of replacements. I think between uh, Case Keenum getting it done, I think Odell's going to end up playing. I think the Ernest Johnson, he's still going to be able to run behind that nice O-line. Denver Broncos have not been good. They started the season 3-0. and They've lost a few in a row. 3-0 and against some slapdick teams. Yeah, exactly. They don't look good either. They're not fully healthy. Is Teddy Bridgewater going to play? It's up for question, yeah, that, is it not? That is up for grabs. Uh, Drew Locke might be the starter. So what's what's Denver's weakness right now? It's it's run defense, right? They're missing their two starting linebackers. Both have torn pecs. They're missing Bradley Chubb. He's out for the year. These these guys have a lot of injuries too. I think Cleveland runs all over them. I, I seem to say this every week because, I have, because of how talented I saw Cleveland. But I, I still think they're a far better team than the Broncos. Who have the Broncos beat? They sucked all last year. They come this year, they beat a few bad teams. they, they got to show me that they could beat a good team. And they got exposed by the good teams. This it, is, wasn't, it wasn't even close games. This is one of the games where 
whoever the loser is, I don't want to hear about you for the rest of the fucking year <laughs> because you're going to be three and four. Like both of these teams are coming to this game saying we should win this game. I think Cleveland wins this game. They get to four and three. They just got to find a way to get healthy, and a 10-day rest after this game will go a long way in that. So I'm going to take Cleveland by two or more here. So you actually, what you said perfectly segues into the first leg of my sell my soul bet. Dearness Johnson, 57 and a half rushing yards. Smash that over. I completely agree with you. I think if Cleveland's smart, they're, they're just going to deploy that heavy rushing attack. They know their strength is the defense. So, yeah, just just run Dearness Johnson into the ground. What, what's the worst case scenario? Case Keenum's not going to do much. Don't get me wrong. He's an all-time great college quarterback. He's not going to have to do much in this game. Uh, hand it off to Dearness Johnson. Let your defense stop Denver's offense, which really can't do much. Uh, and, you know, make the rare play action throw. Uh, and actually, touching on that, that is actually my sell myself bet of the week, which is why I want on such a huge spiel about this game. It is Cleveland by two or more. All right. Well, uh, that, that's interesting. So I went Denver. Um, to put it in perspective, all the I, I have a team of nerds that I lock in the dungeon. If you're new to this podcast, they actually have the return on investment. The percentage is the exact same for both teams. So they have it dead even when it comes to betting against the spread. So this is just me going with my gut instinct. I think Denver on this one. Fair enough. All right, next up. On have, to the next one. Next up, we have the Washington. Oh, oh almost forgot. We got the uh, the coin. We got a flip right Fuck, here. Fuck, this so coin's coin, already catching us. Coin going stop Can you grab me a pen too? Uh, next up, we have the Washington football team at the Green Bay Packers with the Packers favorited by minus eight and a half. Uh, I'll let you start off with this one. Sure. Uh, so, I, I mean, it's no secret. I've really been riding on Green Bay all year. Uh However, I'm going to kind of ease away from him in this game. I think this is a bit too many points. Washington was actually playing KC tight in this in the first half last week. Of course, they ended up kind of getting blown out. Uh, but, I mean, I just, Green Bay, it's like, they're, they're, they're I don't know. They're kind of, they're, they're hit and miss, right? They, they went, they get, they get blown out week one. Uh, they've been kind of coming back. They're coming off a big rivalry game against the Bears. I think they kind of fall, this is one of those trap games, right? They kind of fall asleep a little bit. Uh, Washington, you already mentioned it. They had that hilarious incident with Jackson Mahomes doing the dance. Uh, what they need to have is they need their quarterback to be better. It's I, I made the comparison earlier this year. Taylor Heineke is a bit like Fitzpatrick, right? Like uh, I think we're seeing that he is exactly like Fitzpatrick, where he has those really good games, and he has the games where it's like, what the fuck is this guy doing? And he just had that Fitz tragic game. Yep. So can he now bring his Fitz magic? He's going to need to bring it against Green Bay. These guys can score points. Uh, the other thing to look at, will Antonio Gibson play? Uh, obviously, very dynamic running back. He's been dealing with shin splints all year. I just think, I don't know if Green Bay is good enough to win this one by 8.5. I think they're clearly going to win the game. I just think Washington can keep his close. Yeah, and you, you actually didn't talk about a needle mover. Um, I haven't checked tonight, but... Uh... David Bakhtiari is actually potentially back this game. That is a that is one of the best left, left tackles in the NFL. Maybe the best. Best beer-chugging left tackle, that's for sure. I mean, sure. if I was Chris Broussard, I'd say he played for the Bills. But, uh, yeah, he, he could be back. Um, that's definitely someone I would consider changing my pick. But I'm going Washington as well. You mentioned Antonio Gibson might not play. But I think J.D. McKissick is phenomenal. Uh, he, I, I, I keep saying this openly, but I think he's one of the better uh, backup running backs in the NFL, phenomenal pass catcher, and it scares me because Washington's one and five against the spread this week. But you're just looking at that that plus eight and a half that they start with. I, I just got to go with Washington, like you said, they played Casey Tough in the first uh, first half. I think they're good enough to keep it within a touchdown. Their defense finally kind of looked decent in that first half. They, they picked Mahomes off a couple times. Did I not call it, though, Mitchell? And you were questioning me for this. They're finally starting to actually put pressure on the quarterback. And that's what it comes down to. If they can pressure Aaron Rodgers, they could definitely keep this within a game. Potentially win, but I'd say it's probably to, like to channel, uh, 20% Mrs. To win. channel Mrs. Mahomes, only one of those interceptions should really count it. But, oh, uh, fuck. fuck Sherry Mahomes, wherever her name is. Anyways, I'll uh, flip the coin. Sherry, we're, we'll be happy to have on the, uh, have you on the podcast. Don't, li- <laughs> don't listen to him. We'd, we'd happily interview you. The coin is going Washington as well. Next up, we have the Carolina Panthers at the New York Giants. Panthers being favorited by minus three. And the over-under set at 43. So uh, another another potential needle mover coming back. I know he's out of his prime. I know he's been injured for the past two years. But Stephon Gilmore playing is... Like you, t- we talked about how this Panthers defense is pretty solid, and I think him playing uh, makes a difference. Uh, you look at their game last week. Uh, I don't know how much you caught of it, but 
man, the Panthers receivers could not catch anything. Don't get me wrong, Darnold wasn't playing his best, but so many balls just... Drove him back at the end of the game. Yeah, I mean, so many balls just clanked off Robbie Anderson or DJ Moore's hands. They were doing Sam Darnold no favors. I think Sam Darnold gets a bad rap, and I think this Carolina Panthers team is better than this minus three says. Uh, I know you're... I know exactly what you're going to say. You're going to talk about Danny Dimes, how much you fucking love him. We've heard this this song and dance many times before. But I, I got to go with Carolina. I think they're the far better team. And I believe they might just trample the Giants. Yeah, I mean, I was about to get to it before you uh, rudely interrupted. But yeah, New York is... Rudely interrupted? I started off. What are you talking about? <laughs> it, was, uh, it, was, uh, it was a little quip there, Riley. Uh, New York is one of the most volatile teams in the NFL. And they showed it last week by just getting trounced by the Rams. The game was never close, start to finish. Uh, Both sides of the ball dominated. O-line, D-line dominated. But that's also a testament to how good the Rams are. That is also a testament to how good the Rams are. I am still a Danny Dimes fan. I don't think his team is doing him any favors. Uh, Part of that is you're missing your starting left tackle, top five pick, Andrew Thomas. Uh, He's going to miss a few weeks now. You're missing three of your top four receivers. So who are they down? They're down Kenny Galladay. They're down Kadarius Tony. They're also down uh, Darius Slayton. So right now they're they have Sterling Shepard, who to be fair is a very solid veteran receiver. But other than that, you're looking at Dante Pettis, John Ross. Uh, you know these guys. A little Evan Ingram action. This is essentially the island of misfit toys from uh, the old uh, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, right? Like this is this is not the guys you should have your starting receivers. Evan Ingram, as talented as he is, never has put it all together. Uh, this guy's got two. I'm saying friends. all this, but. I want to talk a little about the Panthers too. They seem to be the NFC's Denver Broncos in a sense, like right? Are these guys fools gold? Gold. They started three and zero. They're now three and three. Darnold started the season on a tear. Uh, he's been trending down heavy. Uh, Coach is talking about recommitting to the run game. Problem being, Christian McCaffrey is not back. Right? You still got Chuba Hubbard. He's a solid young back. He's not McCaffrey. Uh, receivers have to be better. They dropped too many balls last game. I just think. I, I know it sounds crazy. But like the the Giants, they went and they beat the Saints a few a few weeks ago, and and I, I mean are the Panthers better than the Saints? I don't think so. I think they can play this game tight. I don't know if they're gonna win, but I think they're they're gonna be able to keep it within a field goal, especially after being embarrassed last week by the Rams, who are a better team than the Panthers. I think they're gonna kind of come out. They they know they're missing these receivers this time. They're gonna game plan for it. I think they're gonna find a way to keep this within three. And if they don't, uh, watch out, Joe Judge, because your job is on watch. Yep, and uh, I remember doing a head coach hierarchy, and people were calling me out for having Joe Judge so low. But I mean, fuck, could be fucking canned. Oh, we lost the coin. We got a backup coin. That's already rare. The coin says heads for the home team. All right, next up we have Mitchell's Atlanta Falcons at the Miami Dolphins with. Falcons shockingly be- being favored by my minus two and a half. Is that really shocking against the um, Dolphins? I mean, Dolphins at home, and these have to be two of the worst teams in the NFL, right? Falcons have a better win percentage than the Patriots. So you think Falcons are the better team then? Yeah, they play each other later. This so year we already have we already have a fifty dollar bet that the Saints will finish with the better record than the Falcons. Do you want to go? 50 are we gonna Are we gonna talk about this bet every time, or can we talk about the or game? Or do you want to do you want to add the bet fifty dollars that the Patriots end up with a better record than the Falcons? I will take the bet we already have, and we'll talk about the game on hand here. Do you want to talk about a little bit? See, about see, if if you guys are just listening, I have my hand out ready for a handshake, <laughs> and this coward is refusing to shake my hand. He's scared to make the bet, and rightfully so. The Falcons suck. So go ahead, talk about why you think your Falcons are going to win. Falcons coming off a bye week. They are two and one in their last three games. Uh, in those games, I've become a stat guy recently. <laughs> I, I come on this podcast with stats now. <laughs> Uh, Matt Ryan has completed 69% of his passes. Very nice. Uh, for 868 yards, eight touchdowns, and zero interceptions. Offense finally seems to be turning it around. Kyle Pitts finally got involved against the Jets. He had over 100 yards and a touchdown. Thank you for that sell my soul better of the week. Uh, and Calvin Ridley, he didn't even play last game. He's coming back from personal leave. So they're coming off by. They're more prepared. Their young guys are getting involved. Meanwhile, the, under, the other end of the spectrum, you've got the Miami Dolphins. Not only did they lose on Sunday uh, to the Jaguars, who, by the way, had lost 20 games in a row previous to that, but uh, it was a game in London's, right? So you'd think they'd have, you know, seven days to prepare. That's a long trip. That's It takes a, a while to do all that, you know, visa, passport, 
get back to your place, uh, practice. It's a short week for the team, essentially. Other thing we got to look at, and somehow we didn't even mention this at the start of the podcast, there's trade speculation sur- surrounding the Dolphins. Are they going to be trading for Deshaun Watson? Should those massage uh, parlors be on, on watch over in Miami? Potentially. Uh, it's a distraction for their team. They, they, they lost their Jaguars, who were arguably the worst team in the NFL. They're on a short week, and they're playing against a team who's coming off a bye. I think that smells disaster for Miami. While I do agree with a lot of your narrative takes there, I mean, I also just think that the Falcons stink, and that's why I'm making that bet pure, plain and simple. Um, I'm just going to... I'm going to follow the points in this one. I think these are two really bad teams. But because uh, Miami starts with two and a half and they're at home, I'm going to go with Miami in this one. See, the coin thinks. The coin is going tails for Atlanta. Falcons do have a way to break my heart. I mean, I, I could definitely see it going the other way, but I think everything's uh, pointing towards a win here. And if they're somehow able to win this and get to three and three, they got the Panthers next week who haven't looked so hot. So potentially uh, a positive record. Well, for the sake of this podcast, I hope they do lose just to see tears coming out of your eyes. Uh, next up, we have the Cincinnati Bengals at the Baltimore Ravens, with Baltimore being favored by minus 6.5 and, and the over-under set at 47. Um, so, yeah, I, I, uh, I love Cincinnati in this spot. I actually think this is a great time to bet Cincinnati, one of my more confident bets of, of the week. I know Baltimore is the better team, but Cincinnati is severely underrated, specifically their defense. And I think when it comes to their offense, Joe Burrow is really starting to look like the quarterback he was hyped up to be. I mean, obviously he started really strong in his rookie season, but I think he's going to pass all over this Baltimore defense. I don't think Baltimore defense is that good, and it's just going to be an air fest. I could see this game being a really big high score. I was tempted to bet the over on this one. But, um, yeah, I I also think Baltimore... Is pretty notorious for playing down to competition. You see them against great teams. They they hold their own against great teams, but then they face a lesser team like the Detroit Lions and nearly lose. Um, I think Baltimore is the better team, but I, I think Cincinnati is going to cover that minus 6.5-point spread. And I think this is another one, potential potential upset here. I, uh, I like the money line. I think it was like, uh, plus like 300 for the Bengals, and it was intriguing. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Bengals in this one. I also went Bengals, and since I'm a stack, I'll bring up another stat. So, the, where the, the hell are you pulling these stats from? I'm I'm like slightly impressed. Just, just in my head. Uh, the <laughs> Cinci- my head. the Cincinnati Bengals four and two on the season. Uh, how many points do you think they've lost their two games by combined? I guess like four, six points total, and this is a six and a half point spread on this one game. So you're telling me they're gonna lose by more than they've lost by all year in their two games? Tough to believe, right? Like, Cincinnati's been playing teams tough. However, I mean, right, this could be their biggest test of the season. The Ravens are coming off a a week in which they trampled the Chargers. And I think we both picked the Chargers to cover that spread last week, did we not? Uh, We did, and we were... We could not have been more. Well, wrong. I think we, the one thing I said was the like, Vegas, I, Vegas trap. I, yeah, it was a trap. I'm like, I, I got to take the Chargers. They look so good. And I'm like, the one way they lose this is if the Ravens run all over them. And that's exactly what they did. Uh, so, the, I mean, the Ravens defense actually did finally play a pretty good game. I know you said they haven't been good, but I mean, they, they kind of held Justin Herbert all game, right? Justin Herbert is a better quarterback than Joe Burrow. I'd say not by much, but I think he's a bit better. Uh, tough to see Burrow passing all over him, but I, I think the Bengals are good enough to keep, keep it within this, essentially a touchdown spread. Uh, another thing to note, the two games that the Ravens played against the Bengals last year, they won 27-3 in the first game, which was the Joe Burrow-led Bengals. They won the second game 38-3. So I think that has a little bit to do with this spread. The Ravens historically have kind of trampled the Bengals. They killed them last year. So the are the Bengals for real? We're going to find out soon, right? They're 4-2. and two. Uh, You got to keep this at the very least a tight game. You cannot let the Ravens beat you by 6.5 or more. So I'm going to take the Bengals here. To add your stats, I actually just looked up their schedule. They won against the Vikings, Steelers, Jags, and Detroit Lions. And then they lost against the Packers in the overtime, 25-22. And then lost to the Bears in Week 2, which was 20-17. to So there you go, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, they almost beat the Packers. They probably should have beat the Packers if there wasn't that uh, ridiculous kicking performance. So, yeah, My choochers of the week, if you recall. Yep. Every this, NFL this'll kicker. This will be an interesting one. Uh, the coin is going heads for home. They're going Baltimore. That scares the hell out of me. I really hope the coin doesn't beat us. Can I switch? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... 
So yeah, next up we have the Kansas City Chiefs at the Tennessee Titans, with the Chiefs being favored by minus five and a half, and the over/under set at fifty or fifty-seven and a half. Um, I called it last week. I was wrong because the uh, football team stunk, but this is another one I love the over on. The over set at 57 and a half. I'm going to smash that over, and I'm probably going to catch myself doing some props with Patrick Mahomes passing yards and passing touchdowns, all the all the above good shit. So we'll see going up to it or leading up to the game, how the player pops go. But uh, back to the actual game. So, yeah, crazy, crazy game for Tennessee. Um, I'm already going to speak. Like I, I can read your mind with the narrative. You think they're riding high off the wind, so they're not going to be as prepared for the Chiefs. But I think it's the opposite. I think Tennessee kind of after taking down a top team, knows that they can pretty much beat any team in the NFL. Derrick Henry is, is just a bully. I love the way he's playing. He's he's bullying every single defense, just wearing them down. I just, I, I feel like the Chiefs will do everything in their power to make Ryan Tannehill and this passing attack beat them. I think they're going to do... They're going to stack the box against Henry, and teams have done that, and he's still performed. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I, I just think Tennessee is going to lose this game, but they're good enough to keep it within the five-and-a-half-point spread. And just to segue, the second leg of my sell-my-soul bet is Derrick Henry under 127-and-a-half rushing yards. That prop is ridiculous considering the average, the highest average of rushing yards in the season is like 130. So they're just pretty much assuming that he gets this ridiculous margin again. I'm smashing the under on that, and I'm going Tennessee to win. Mitchell? Uh, I mean, we were talking about the improved defense of the Washington football team. How about talking about the improved defense of Kansas City? They went and they shut down Washington last week. I get that's not the most stout offense in the world, but they absolutely killed Heineke. Uh, Antonio Gibson couldn't get anything going. Uh, that was a big win for them. Even with Mahomes throwing two interceptions, they found a way to win by, what was it, 18 points, 17 points? Uh I think you kind of you kind of nailed my narrative, right? Which was <laughs> I knew it. I fucking knew it. Part of part of it. So Tennessee's riding high, uh, riding high after their win, but there it's a short week, right? You don't have a lot of time to prepare after that Monday night win versus Buffalo. Uh, it's hard to win in the NFL against two top tier teams back to back. I don't think they win this game for sure, but the question is, can they cover that five and a half? And I'm going to say no. Uh, reason being. Ryan Tannehill has not been himself this year. Uh, the way you beat the the the, uh, the Chiefs, you got to be able to keep up with them. It's going to be tough to keep up with them when, with Ryan Tannehill playing the way he is. AJ Brown finally getting going. Uh, Julio would look he looked great when he's healthy. He can't stay healthy. The guy hasn't been able to stay on the field. We don't know if he's going to play for this game. I do want to touch a little bit more on Derrick Henry. The guy is on pace for nearly 500 touches this year. Over 2,000 yards. I think it was. Um, I think it was about 2,300 rush yards. Ridiculous. Uh, on just under 30 touchdowns, he would be the first ever player to put up put a back-to-back 2,000-yard rushing seasons, and he's on easily on pace to do it. But man, nearly 500. Like he's on a historic pace pace for like everything. It's it's gonna be tough to keep that up. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I've been riding. I've been riding the Kansas City Revenge Tour. Uh, that kind of screwed me against the in the Bills game. Helped me the week before that. Helped me last week. I'm gonna keep riding that. I think. Uh, I think Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs are still kind of the class of the NFL, and they got to prove that they are. So it's it's going to start this week by beating the Titans team, uh, which just beat the Bills. Well, yeah, I actually uh, I left Kansas City in my top five of my power rankings last week. Got a lot of flack for it, but I'm I'm not one of those people to overreact. I know their defense has struggled, but they're still a top team in the NFL. Like their their offense is, I still think the best in the NFL. I just I I can't imagine they they don't at least make it to the AFC. I feel like you get, did you ever have a ranking you don't get flack for? Yeah, I mean that that's one of those ones that I actually could understand the argument against not having them in the top five, but I I don't overreact to early season losses and wins. All right, the coin is going heads for the home team. Uh, next up, we have the New York Jets at the New England Patriots, with the Patriots being favored by minus seven. I'll let you kick this one off. So yeah, I, I mean, I had my little rant in the beginning. God damn, was that a heartbreaking loss. Bill Belichick, just just please. kind of. I know you need to have that old school mentality, that old school coaching uh, 
things you're doing, but just adopt a little bit of that new new school, you know, go for it on those those fourth downs. And I don't know if you remember, like back when we had Tom Brady, there was that one uh, legendary game against the Colts where uh, we didn't want to give the ball back to Peyton Manning, so we went for it on our our, our old side of the field, and then we ended up giving the ball back to Peyton Manning. They it was a crazy comeback. I think it was just like this was like the most televised regular season game of like the past decade. But yeah, just uh, kind of adopt that. I know we have a rookie quarterback, but like if if we lose to the Jets this week, I will I will be on suicide watch unless I win some ridiculous amount of money. But I just can't imagine we do. This is at Gillette Stadium. We've talked about the ridiculous uh, record that Bill Belichick has against coaching or sorry against rookie quarterbacks. So unless this is Davis Mills who suddenly gets traded to the Jets and he fucking punks us again, I think we're we're gonna trample this Jets team with that has way too many holes and is far less. Um, they're far less coaches. I I don't even know what I was trying to say there, but they're, they're just a far worse he's team. Just, he's just too passionate about his Patriots. I, it's just fr- it's been a frustrating year, and um, I talked about I went the over for this game. I think this is going to be another ugly game. I think Bill Belichick knows he needs to deploy that heavy rushing attack. Damian Harris starting to catch stride. I believe that this is going to be uh, a rushing effort from both sides, and I'm going under 42.5 for this. I game. have a hard time believing the Patriots, the same Patriots who lost the Miami Dolphins, who are apparently a trash team, uh, they were losing to the Houston Texans, probably could have lost that game. Uh, you know, they, they go last week. They're just, they, they, they're not, they're not looking there, right? They go last week, they play the Dallas Tough, they play Tampa Bay Tough, but, but they're not but winning I, those games. I will say that I'm da- supposed to buy that this team is going to somehow come out here and beat the Jets by seven now. I get that. Yeah, you beat them great you beat him earlier in the year at Gillette Stadium yeah yeah great beat him earlier in the year guess what uh you've been proven to be fraudulent versus rookie QBs long neck Davis Mills as you mentioned went and punked you guys Steve Belichick's a big time weirdo I don't want to see him licking his <laughs> lips on TV anymore. I love it I, I, I don't it. want any of it uh the Jets they're coming off a bye week I don't think they're going to right the ship completely, but especially with a team as young as them, that bye week is going to be huge. Install new plays. Make sure the plays that are installed now are being run correctly. Uh, They got absolutely trampled by New England the first time around. I just don't see that same thing happening right now. The Patriots now versus that week, they feel like two different teams almost. I think the Jets probably lose this game. I don't buy that that they should be seven point so underdogs. Wait, you, you think the Patriots were better then? I don't understand the argument you're making. I think the Patriots looked a lot better then than they do now. I I, I can't buy that the Pats, who should have lost to the Texans last week, are going to all of a sudden beat the Jets by seven or you more. Mean two weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks ago. Uh, regardless, I'm taking the Jets plus seven. All right. Well, um, I know you're just picking the Jets just to be contrarian to me, so I'll allow it. Every single time I picked against the Patriots. I've won. God so I appreciate damn. it. I've picked them every time, and it's it's fun. No it's wonder my record's so much better than yours. <laughs> Can't help it. All right. The coin is going with the Jets as well. It's going to be nice to make up the margin against you two. Next up, we have the Detroit Lions at the Los Angeles Rams with the second highest. The po- Los Angeles Rams. <laughs> the second highest point total of the week. Minus 15 for the Rams, and the over-under set at 50 and a half. So, um, oh, let me kick this one off. You know where right. I'm going. Bite you know those fucking knees off. We're going to bite knees. We're going to play hard. This is the narrative game of all narrative games. Hit me. Jared Goff, revenge game. He's going to play the Rams, who, of course, he was the first overall pick with, who he had some successful seasons with. And out of the blue, he's, he, after signing a huge contract with the Rams, he shipped off for. And to make it even worse, him and first round picks to get Matt Stafford, the ultimate fuck you. And then you got you got in the media Big Vay talking about all the things that Matt Stafford could do that they've never been able to do before. Just like it's not something being said on purpose, but it's just kind of hilarious, like how big of a fuck you that is to Jared Goff. Uh, so Goff's coming off not a great quarterback, coming off a, a few rough weeks. Uh, he was shipped away as damaged goods. Uh, he's been kind of, even his own coach is like, Hey, you know, our quarterback needs to be better. This is the ultimate revenge game. If Jared Goff cannot, you know, put it together to at least cover, this is a more than a two touchdown spread. If you can't put this together, you're not gonna be able to put anything together. And I get that Detroit's been sporadic all year where they've covered against good teams and got, you know, kind of stomped by others. I think they're going to be able to manage. They're going to be physical enough. They're going to be able to manage keeping this within 15. And, and, And I get it. You know, the Rams are sharp. They crush the Giants. They've crushed a ton of good teams. 
Uh, still one of the better teams in the leagues. I just don't like this point total at 15. Uh, Rams will win this. They'll keep rolling. Detroit is going to cover. Jared Goff, if you want a future in the NFL, you need to cover this game. I, I don't understand how you could have the revenge narrative for Jared Goff and then not have it for Matthew Stafford. Do you not think that Matthew Stafford is is just like fuck the Detroit Lions? Well, like, Matt Stafford was they done, ruined my my Matt Stafford was done a favor. Matt Stafford's happy. Detroit but done a favor. Detroit by the probably Rams. went to him and was like, "Hey, do you want to go to a better team?" He's like, "Fuck yeah, man!" Revenge narrative. Fucking Matt Stafford's gonna come up with a gift basket and send him, send him to his. I'm I have Detroit right now, but I'm so tempted to change that. Because I do believe Matt Stafford has more more on the line. You think he wants to lose to his old team? I never said he's going to lose. I just uh, think yeah. they're, they're going to keep this within 15. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, fair enough. You know what? That, and that's kind of what it is for me. Obviously, the Rams are a way better team, but 15 is just a ridiculous spread. Um, did you also see Dan Campbell going out in, at the press conference and pretty much shitting publicly on Jared Goff to the reporters? Yeah, yeah, that's part of my revenge narrative. I think he's doing that to to put a fire in Goff. I think it's smart, and it, it, it's weird. It was like it wasn't like him f- uh, frustratingly shitting on him. It was kind of like a disappointed dad. He's like, y- you need to do more. Like I'm disappointing you. I think that's kind of the way. Like I feel like Jared Goff's a little bit of a fucking snowflake. That's kind of the way he needs to be treated. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna go Detroit exactly like you said. 15 point spread, and I think Detroit's good enough to keep it within two touchdowns. We'll see what the coin thinks. I, I think the coin's going with the Rams. And um, I'm wrong. The coin is going with Detroit just like us. Next up, we have the Philadelphia Eagles at the Las Vegas Raiders. And the over-under set at 49. The Raiders! So uh, I'm, I'm going to start off by saying 49. I'm going under. A cop move. I got to go with the under on this one. I believe that the Philadelphia Eagles are a little overrated at this point, and I think people think Vegas is going to collapse because of getting rid of John Gruden. Didn't happen last week. Vegas is at home. I know Vegas at home seems more like a like a Hollywood thing where it's just big names, not like real hardcore Raiders fans, but uh, yeah, it's still them at home. Minus three, I figured it would have been a bigger spread. I believe that... They are good enough to win this game by more than a field goal. I know Philly uh, kept kept it within a touchdown against the Bucks, but it was kind of a greasy way to do it. It wasn't like a, a like they it was the it wasn't game a never close, felt close. It was never a close game. They kind of just greased that last touchdown to keep it within. I, I think uh, Raiders uh, trampled them and uh, and beat them by uh, over three. So the Eagles are a weird team to me because it's like some weeks they look really good and some weeks they look like they don't belong on the field. Uh, Keeping in line with my stat narrative, uh, uh, Jalen Hurts did not look good last game. Uh, And over his past five games, I got some stats for you. He's completed 59% of his passes for five touchdowns and four interceptions. Those are not good stats. That's bad. Uh, Like, he's dynamic with his legs. I get that. But you need to be better passing the ball. And and realistically, they, they did not look like they were in last game at all. He scored two rushing touchdowns towards the end of the game. But he also only threw for... Less than 50, he completed less than 50% of his passes, threw for about 120 yards and no touchdowns. You're not going to win many NFL games like that. I mean, same thing with Fields right now. Those guys need to be better. Well, like uh, like our, our good friend John Cedat says, he's like a, a poor man's Lamar Jackson. And he kind of, I think he's a, a lesser passer and a lesser rusher. You just kind of... I, I think he's a... I think he's got the arm talent to be as good a passer. He's definitely less dynamic of a rusher, no question there. Uh and the other thing going on with the Eagles right now, there's no run-pass balance. I mean, Miles Sanders two weeks ago, I think, had something like two carries. Uh, last game against the Bucks, I don't think he carried it like maybe once or twice in the first half. And then towards the end of the game when they were just kind, of, kind of getting those garbage yards. I know they're not garbage yards because they were actually somehow in it at the end. But they have no run-pass balance right now uh, with the Eagles. Uh, and touching on that, I, I've got a, this is not a new theory, but it's the interim coach theory. It's like when you get this new coach your team starts playing hard for this guy if they believe in him. So they've got, so they've got Rich Bisakia. Uh, he was the special teams coordinator over there in Las Vegas. He's one of those guys who knows everybody on the team. And they went and they smashed Denver last week, right? Uh, so the Raiders are now surprisingly 4-2. and two. They're tied for first in the AFC West. This is a big week for them. They've got a bye week after this. What they need to do is focus on this game. Don't look ahead to the bye week because your schedule is about to get a lot tougher. If they win this, I mean, they're 5-2 and two going to their bye this is a huge, huge game for the Raiders. I think they're going to win by three or more. All right, fair enough. Potential return of Lane Johnson, though. That's something to watch. One of the best linemen in the NFL. 
The coin is going with heads for home, which is the Las Vegas Raiders. Next up, we have the Houston Texans at the Arizona Cardinals with the biggest point spread of the week, minus 17 and a half, which is wild to me. So, um... I, I gotta say it, Houston stinks. We like we all know Houston stinks. Um, they does get, New England know? Ah, fuck. But um, I think they get a little better with Tyrod Taylor. But I believe this is the worst team in the NFL. Is Tyrod confirmed playing? I don't. I, I don't, don't think he even is. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha. I thought you were what trying. I'm, to... What I'm saying is they're the worst team in the NFL with Davis Mills. Um, I believe that they're gonna get trampled. But 17 and a half points. This is like a college this, spread. This is a college spread, right? And I just, I think they're an NFL team. They know how to agree. Like, they'll probably deploy their awful three-headed monster of a running back, try and, and kind of make sure that Kyler Murray has the least amount of possessions as possible. The disrespect to Rex Burkhead. Fuck, they haven't used him at all. Fucking four-headed. Bring, bring this guy back to New England. We fucking need him. But, yeah, I just think that Houston's... Somehow going to grease this. I, I I don't think it's going to be close at any point in the game. I think Arizona is going to win by a, a decent margin. But like, as long as you keep it within seventeen, you 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 win it for me. So I got to get Houston in this one. Uh, I mean, other than the New England game, what has Houston done? I like. I'm not counting. I'm, I'm talking with Davis Mills. I they they obviously won Week One against the Jags. Nothing. Nothing. And so what do they got going now? Well, now they've got Laramie Tunsil, who just got thrown on IR. That's one of their best players. You, th- you think that's going to help them win? Nope. Uh, so I think I've picked against the Cardinals every single week, and I've been wrong every single week. And I'm not a, I'm not a man too proud to admit <laughs> when I've been wrong. Arizona, this is the stupidest spread I've ever seen in my life. 17 and a half. I'm time. It's time to start sipping the Kool-Aid. I'm in. They smashed Cleveland. This is a ridiculous spread. This is a ridiculous line. Arizona, I'm riding with you. Uh, I refuse. You've beat me. You've battered me. I've been wrong every time. I will not pick against you again unless you get it wrong, and then I'll start picking against you again. We got the uh, the Kevin Durant of podcasting without the talent. Just I'm going to take, my, team I'm gonna to take team. my talents to Arizona in this pick. Uh, it seems like a ridiculous spread, but what does Houston show me that show them they could, they could keep with this? And Yeah, I'm, I'm not super confident, but 17 and a half. Come on. So, coin is going tails, agreeing with me in Imagine Houston. what J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones could do with that neck. <laughs> Fucking strangle them. Uh, next up, we have the Chicago Bears at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with the Bucks being favored by minus 12 and a half and the over-under set at 47. So I'll let you kick this off. Yeah, sure. So uh, this is a big spread, right? Like 12 and a half points. Uh, and I, I know last game I, I went with the big spread. I'm going to go against it here, and I'll tell you why. So unlike Houston, like I get that Chicago isn't very good on offense, but they're at least competent on defense, right? Like, And they've got guys on offense who can make some plays at the very least. Uh, so for that reason, I don't like this. It's 12 and a half. That's almost two touchdowns, right? Their offense is a mess. I get that. But Herbert and Damian Williams have actually been pretty good. Like I get Damian Williams. Not very solid. Very They've solid. been very solid. They have weapons. They have Allen Robinson who hasn't done shit this year. They have Darnell Mooney who actually does does has done a few things. You got to figure eventually Justin Fields is going to figure it out, right? This guy was one of the most touted quarterback prospects. If he doesn't figure it out, I have a strategy for you. Uh, my college coach switches to a double wing offense. Just go with the double wing, Chicago. Yeah, right. How'd you guys? Would you guys go fucking one win that season? Was not a good season. Uh, but that offense was gaining more yards than the Chicago offense, so it's something <laughs> to consider. Uh, Tampa Bay's been just as good as advertised this year. Uh, every single receiver seems to be a threat. Uh, Tom Brady is playing as good as I've seen him play in maybe about ten years. Uh, playoff Lenny is back. He's regular season Lenny now. But I think they are a bit vulnerable on defense. If there is a week Chicago is going to get it going on offense, this is the week. Their front seven is still filthy, but they're banged up in the secondary. You, they, they, can be beat, uh, they can be beat with double moves specifically. And Darnell Mooney may be the guy to do that. I'm going to take Chicago to cover 12.5 because I think they're at least good enough to stay in this game. See, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, you talk about how their weakness is their secondary, and that's clearly their weakness. But is is Justin Fields the guy who's really going to exploit that weak weakness? We haven't seen. I haven't really seen him make a single impressive throw this season. I, I just I don't think he's there yet. And I think that double wing never too late. Yeah, I think that Tampa Bay defense it might expose him. But no, I'm going Chicago. I think um, they'll probably just deploy that 
heavy rushing attack. And again, it's keeping it within 12 and a half. Uh, I, I think they'll play low-risk football. They'll let their defense do the talking, and they just need to not turn over the ball on offense. And, I, I mean, I find it hard to believe that this Bucks front seven will get gashed up by the run, but that's kind of the, the I, path, I, I, I the path of victory for man, the, the Bears, though. They, need, the, they can't turn over the ball. The Bucks are allowing, like, 40 rush yards it, a game. Yes, but wild. sometimes you got to move backwards to move forward. But how many, Double how many, wing offense. We saw, yeah, fuck. You, you, we saw um, Jalen Hurts get a lot of success in the ground. He, I think he ended it's up. It's a bit different from the from the quarterback position, though. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Justin Fields game. is that guy. Yeah, but, but I, I, I could see them a lot of read option stuff. But, I haven't yeah. run it much this year. I mean, maybe this. Maybe they this need the game to. They it. need to, man. It's like you, you need you need to get Justin Fields where he's comfortable. Hey, and Nagy, clearly not sticking Nagy in the pocket is and throwing stud. the football. No, he he is he is one of the most overrated. Not anymore, but I just don't think he's overrated by who. <laughs> man, I'm telling you, but I just have take lock with this. It's just people back in the day, just like two years well, ago, I think people, he did. People win thought coach. Matt Nagy was like the best coach. Didn't in the he win Coach of the Year? Am I crazy? Yeah, fuck him. He's in my fucking books with uh, Patrick Mahomes' mom. Um, you, you want to fuck Matt Nagy and Patrick Mahomes' mom? <laughs> That's all I'm taking from this. Now she's definitely never going to join the podcast. All right. Coin went with Chicago. Uh, next up, we have the Indianapolis Colts at the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers being favorited by minus four. And sticking to the 49ers uh, mantra, the over-under set at 44. So, uh, yeah, I just... Uh, a lot of fours in this game. A lot of fours. So, um, is Trey Lance starting? Do we know? Um, no, he's not. So, Trey Lance, not only is he not starting, he's not even practicing. So, Jimmy G was limited in practice today. Looks like he's going to be the guy. So, it's Jimmy G back, which actually, again, nice little segue going. The third leg of my Sell My Soul Bet of the Week, Debo, over 69.5 receiving yards. Smash that. We got Jimmy G coming back. Jimmy G was tearing it up with Debo, albeit very limited time they were together. I think Debo is going to have another fantastic game. This has been one of the better surprises of a receiver. He's the clear alpha on this team, especially without George Kittle, and I think he's going to eat. If, you, uh, if you're if you in fantasy football, target this guy. I, I think it's going to be a lot of the same for the rest of the season. But going with the opposite end, I think the Colts are starting to hit their stride. I We saw them like probably... Their most impressive game was a loss against the Baltimore Ravens, which is pretty crazy. But again, they're they're hitting their stride. Um, I mean, trampling the Texans the, doesn't really do much for me to the fucking Texans. But um, I just think they're good enough to keep it within this four point spread that the 49ers have. I'm going with the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, this is the Sunday night game, correct? This is the Sunday night game. Good news for Indy. Looks like Quentin Nelson will play, been activated off the IR. I uh, agree with you. They have looked good the past few weeks. Best game, like you mentioned, probably coming against the Ravens. And Jonathan Taylor is eating. Yeah, he's doing well. Uh, but at the end of the day, this is still a 2-4 and four team. Their only wins have come against the Dolphins and the Texans. But on again, the, on the other hand, we got. Sorry, go ahead and make your point. I was going to say again that their most impressive game of the season was against the Ravens. I think they're good enough to compete against top teams. Oh yeah, for sure. And the 49ers are are missing like a guy like George Kittle, and I, I think I overrated the 49ers a little bit going into the season. I I, I think they were maybe a bit overrated, but. My point will be, this is still a well-coached Niners team. They're still pretty stout defensively, especially with those guys getting healthier. Good news, San Francisco. You're coming off a bye. Uh, Jimmy G slated to start. The team has actually looked very, very good when he's been in the game. Uh, I think Trey Lance is still going to be the future. He's just not ready. He's the Div 2 quarterback who didn't really play last year. Uh, you need Jimmy G to be successful this year. Uh, I think the 49ers get back on track sooner than the Colts. I got the Niners winning by four or more this game. Coming off that by being coached up for this Colts team, they're going to be ready to go. Yep. I mean, I can't argue with you there. Uh, we'll see if the coin will argue with you. The coin is going tails for the Indianapolis Colts, pairing with me. I think the coin went with me a lot. This might be the coin, the week me and the coin kind of make, make up some ground on you. But uh, uh, Either that or you and the coin lose some more ground. Yeah, we'll see. We will see. So finally, we have the Monday night game, the New Orleans Saints at the Seattle Seahawks with the Saints being favored by minus five and the over-under set at 43. So um, I'll, I'll let you kick this one off. 
Uh, so Seattle is a very strange team right now. They did keep that game against the Steelers. Uh, admittedly, this is probably the game I saw the least of, but they did keep that close. And, you know, they probably could have won if, if uh, DK Metcalf didn't go hero ball uh, and then get in an argument with Shannon Sharp on Twitter. Uh, well, I mean, that didn't really affect the game. It was, well, of course, his argument on, on Twitter didn't affect the no, game. No, I mean, I mean, him fumbling the ball, like, thankfully, they got absolutely bailed out, bailed out by the refs. And then ultimately, it came down to Geno Smith with that costly fumble in overtime. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other thing to watch here is Seattle's backfield is an absolute, it's just a war zone right now. Uh, Chris Carson, for sure, out. We don't know how long he's going to be out. Alex Collins, I've never seen uh, Pete Carroll actually say, He's always the most positive guys with news. Like he'll say, "Yeah, yeah, you know he's good. His neck hurts a little bit, and the guy will be out for like five weeks." After the game with Alex Collins, he's like, "Yeah, he's banged up a bit. His knee hurts. His thigh hurts. He was hit hard a couple times." If he's talking about you like that, it's like, oh, "I don't know if this guy's gonna play the game." If he's positive and you don't play, you're definitely not gonna play if it's negative. But the return of Rashad Penny, he's activated off IR this week. Uh, maybe a healthy dose of him. He's been a first-round pick. He's really been a bust for the most part. What's a healthy dose, though? How many touches do you think he's going to get? Ten, maybe? Uh, talking about a full dose of Penny, maybe 10 to 15 this touches. He's literally going to break on the field. I could absolutely see it. He hasn't been able to stay <laughs> healthy. It's going to be like his last career game He ever. hasn't been able to stay healthy. Uh, At least ease him in. Come on, Pete Carroll. On the other hand, you have a Saints team with a winning record that is coming off a bye. Uh, I just feel like... This spread seems a bit too rich. This plus five. I had Seattle as a better team going into the year. I know they're missing Russell Wilson, but other than that, well, Chris Carson too. Other than that, it's still the same team. It has a, it had as a lot better than the Saints going into the year. Uh, the Saints offense has struggled a bit. Their D is getting healthier, admittedly, so that's going to help them in this game. I just don't think they have enough on offense for me to trust this five. I'm going to take Seattle and the return of Rashad Penny to uh, not only cover this five, but maybe even potentially somehow sneak a win. See, Mitchell, I actually, I'm, I mean, I don't want to make this about our fantasy teams, but I saw you start Rashad Penny in our redraft. How fucking desperate can you be? I know it's a 16-man league. Why don't you start DJ Dallas? Come on. But, yeah, I, I'm actually going to go Big with... Big Rashad Penny truther. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Seattle Seahawks in this one. Like you said, minus five just seems too rich for a team that's away, and that really isn't that good i know seattle's missing russ i know they're missing chris carson but uh we we saw geno smith play kind of again by besides that fumble play some mistake-free football i think it's gonna be a lot of the same p carroll while i don't agree with his heavy rushing uh attack when russell wilson's in i'm more of the let russ cook guy but with geno smith that's kind of what you need to do you need to play ugly football and i think that is what they're going to do i believe that they'll run all over this new orleans team i think they'll make it ugly and if they don't win they're going to keep it within five it's also worth mentioning seattle was the part of my massive win on the weekend so you better be sure my degenerate gambling going through all the way to monday night wish me fucking luck but yeah i'm going with seattle we'll see what the coin says Coin is going tails. Coin is going with the Saints, trying to catch some ground with us. So, yeah, that that uh, hits all the games. I mean, shout out to the camera for not dying. Yeah, shout out to the camera. I mean, we actually charged it this time. Credit to us. We're not complete cavemen. We actually have electricity in this house. Uh, so, yeah, you're, you are up four on us right now. I think this is the week. Me and the coin both get over you and we become the leaders in this this could be a flippening uh i somehow doubt it i think this lead will extend so can you uh can you recap since what i became you... a stats guy you know uh my my whole game is different my asian nerds locked in the dungeon have the stats way more down than you don't get it twisted so yeah do you, do you want to recap your sell my soul bet of the week uh just to recap it is for the game tonight i had cleveland winning by two or more uh big case keenum fan so you're just going one then you're just going no no parlay uh, no parlay for this one. I know I've parlayed in the past. So I'm going to take a little bit safe after uh, my last beatdown. Okay, so I'm actually... Uh, I'm you know what? I'll, I'll parlay it. I feel like doing just the one is not fair. Uh, so I'll go I'll go Cleveland minus two, and I'll go Seattle plus five. So, All right. So the Thursday night game, the Monday night game. Okay, so it's clear Mitchell's got a, a shriveled up cock. I actually, I'm, I, you know, I'm a, I'm not going in a... a, na- or a I guess we have Canadian temperature, but an ice cold water and then coming out. But uh, I'm I'm going to go with all three. I'm parlaying that for a penis joke. 
all that for a penis joke. If you guys watch Seinfeld, I was going to drop a Seinfeld joke. So yeah, I got Dearness Johnson over 57.5 rushing yards, Derrick Henry under 127.5 rushing yards, and Debo over 69.5 receiving yards. I'm, I'm probably going to bet each individually, and uh, I will also be betting them in a parlay and i'll probably parlay as well debo over on receptions whatever it is uh i think these are, are smash bets if you guys want to make some money make some money with me uh mitchell anything else you want to say before we uh, we head out before we end this podcast because by the time we, we are at next week the trade will have likely happened where's deshaun watson going i mean dolphins make sense like what do you think that they the Dolphins give up two in the trade. Is that like what, what's the speculation? That is? was it's tough to say. I, I'm seeing yes. I'm seeing no. Uh, other teams I'm seeing rumored Panthers and the Washington Football Team. Uh, I just don't know. Like even if the trade happens, is Deshaun allowed to play? Again? There's so much uncertainty around that situation. Like I get Deshaun is one of the top tier quarterbacks. Just with all that's going on, like it's hard to believe a world where Gruden is you know boycotted rightfully so for probably a long time, and Deshaun Watson be allowed to play this year. I just think he's probably going to have to sit out the, probably the rest of the games at the very least. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty a wild. A lot of probablys and maybes because nobody really fucking knows. Well, here's here's like the hypocrite, like being a hypocrite from when it comes to cancel culture is because you see all of these players in the NFL, whether it's beating women, domestic violence, all these other criminal offenses. If, if it's not caught on tape, no one gives a fuck. It's like if it's just allegations... The people will won't bat an eye. They'll let it be. But since you're kind of caught in 4K when you're John Gruden, you have emails from a decade ago. Then that's when you get you get axed. I think it's just a little ridiculous. I think it's very inconsistent. I don't know the answer, and I agree that John Gruden definitely cannot be sending messages like that, and did deserve some some backlash. But uh, yeah, it just it just seems ridiculous and inconsistent. Uh, our our alt right audience continues to skyrocket. Uh, and no, I'm not. I'm not. I feel like I'm kind of in between. I, I I get both sides, but I'm also one of those people that like fuck cancel culture. And uh, to any of the my to any of the Houston massage parlors, you heard the man. Get your videos, and you'll keep them banned. Yo, for if if a Houston massage parlor actually has a video of that happening, they could probably sell that to TMZ for like millions of dollars. Uh, well, I mean, that's all I've got to say. Uh, I'm looking forward to Taylor the one uh, at left tackle for the Buffalo Bills protecting Deshaun Watson <laughs> this weekend. That should be a, a good one. Uh, I, I, I'm looking forward to the game tonight. Case Keenum, goat all-time college quarterback. Don't let me down. I mean, we people have talked about ugly games in these primetime ones. I, again, I don't think there's been a single disappointing primetime game. Hopefully, this Denver-Cleveland game does not disappoint. I mean... The Sunday nighter and the Monday nighter, a little disappointing too, but I have high hopes, man. The NFL has been killer all year. I've enjoyed watching it. I'm going to enjoy watching it this I think, week. I think San Fran Indy is a fine game. I know their records aren't great, but those are two solid teams. Like If you were if we were to put like a, like a ranking on what is the best game this week, it probably looks like the worst slate of the year. I know I said that earlier. Like Best game would be maybe Indy-San Fran. Um, I, Baltimore-Cincinnati is kind of interesting. Just there's nothing. Baltimore-Cincinnati interests me. Indy-San Fran. Indy-San Fran's, it's much like the Cleveland-Denver game. Whatever team loses, blast them off into space. I don't want to hear about you for the rest of the year. Philly-Vegas, interesting too, but there's not that one ridiculous game. I'd probably say the, the most anticipated game, probably the KC-Tennessee game. Yeah, that's actually the game. I don't know how we didn't notice that one. That's definitely, that's definitely the game of the week. Yeah, I mean it's it's gonna be it's gonna be fun regardless. Again, I have high hopes for any of the slates in the NFL. The NFL continues to amaze me, wow me, and I'm gonna win some fucking money. This guy, how much is the NFL paying you to drop these uh, this optimistic? Uh, this sounds like an ad read for the NFL. No, I, I, again, I'm I'm. Uh, Who's the puppeteer? Roger Goodell's at it again. <laughs> Anti-football pussy. Nah, man. If if I'm if if I'm talking about. Cancel culture not being legit, then the NFL would not have me. That's why I'll never be part of ESPN, and that's why none of them will accept me because I don't fucking bow down to anyone. Whatever I believe, whether right or wrong, I'm willing to admit it. I'm willing to talk about it. I'll accept the consequences, but I'm not going to bow down to anyone and fucking be a sheep. So that's what you're listening to. Uh, right, right wing audience, let's skyrocket. So yeah, that's uh, that that's was the biggest like needless political rant of all time at the end. But I think that's all we got for today. Uh, pretty solid picks. Looking forward to taking a bigger lead. See you later, caveman audience. Yeah, again, appreciate you guys listening. Drop a like, drop a whatever. Yeah, appreciate you guys. Peace. I don't bow down to anyone. You, you want like a fucking two minute tirade about it? <laughs>